Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. I'm Stephen Willis, and we're here with an extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, along with Derek Vandegrift. Derek, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good, man. How about you? Man, I I am busy because fall camp has started, but I am yeah. having so much fun right now. Yeah, yeah, I bet so. I've seen all your all your videos this week. There, uh, there's there's a lot going on in your world right now for sure. Yes, absolutely is. And you know, I, I wanted to have you on to get your perspective of what's happening in fall camp right now. What you what you're paying attention to? What's some of the things that have caught your eye? Uh, yeah, you know, obviously one, I mean, there's several things to look at for this Ole Miss team, right? You know, you've got the the supposed quarterback battle going on right now. You know, we, we have all of these dudes on campus that can just absolutely play if we really needed them to. Uh, but really the wide receiver core is kind of what I'm looking at, right? And what, what kind of weapons are we going to have for Jackson Dart or whoever ends up winning this competition? Uh, it seems like we've got some pretty good guys out there, though. Uh, Aiden Williams is flashing. You know, I've seen several clips of him. Uh, Trey Harris, you know, him him too. Uh, he's he's a little bigger than I thought he was when I saw some some clips of him from that first practice. I, I didn't expect him to be as big as he is. So uh, you always like having that big-bodied receiver, though. And, you know, you've still got uh, the two tight ends there, too. You know, with we, we talked about it yesterday, day before, about having uh, 12 personnel. You know, you're going to see that this year, which is going to be a real big deal for us. Uh, and then you got the two bookend tackles, you know, both freshmen last year. You know, they're they're a year a year more wise, uh, got, got a little experience underneath their belt, so I expect big things from them. So it's always good, no matter who's behind center, to to have some experienced tackles. And, uh, you know, those, those guys will be pretty good for us. And, you know, we all know we've got – in the backfield, Quinshawn Judkins, right? So, so you want to see who's going to come in to be able to spell him, whether it's Riscano or uh, Bentley or somebody that may be up in the uh, Pacific North Northwest up there right now. Who who knows with uh, what's going on with Lane Kiffin and, and the running back room right now? But we got sure enough stud to start the game out with, so that's that's always a good thing. The one thing that I've noticed from Lane Kiffin is he comes across as honest and you know everything but i think what happens is what he wants to, what he talks about in press conferences is only something to keep you from looking somewhere else and yeah yeah to, he's yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he's always trying to get you look somewhere else uh, uh to to not see the bigger picture of what he's got going on i feel like right he uh and and at the same time he can be brutally honest too so you never know which one you're really getting when he talks uh which that's one thing i really like about him though you know you you never know what's going to come out of his mouth sometimes it'll be brutal honesty and sometimes it'll be the the smoke screen to get you looking somewhere else while something else is going down so uh you know expect big things out of lane this offense this year though you know turn it to the defensive side of the ball, I think is where the uh, is where the uh, season's going to be determined for us, right? Uh, you've you've talked about several times on your podcast. Obviously, the the defensive line is is going to be such a big deal for us this year, and we got dudes down there, right? You know, uh, with with this scheme that Golden's going to end up running, uh, you know, I I think we've got some dudes on the defensive line. They got to wreak havoc down there to to kind of keep the offenses guessing a little bit, and you know, you got to get 
pressure on the quarterback, not even so much if, if the defensive linemen themselves get sacks. But, you know, as long as they can eat up bodies and, and free up space for the linebackers to, to get in there and, and really eat and make plays would be a big, big plus for us, something we hadn't seen in a couple of years in Oxford. Yeah, and as as you listen and wa- or watch this video um, or listen to this podcast on Sunday morning, they're about mm-hmm. to start playing real football. So we can actually yeah. we'll actually start hearing defensive names. Everybody mm-hmm. is popping up. It's like all we're hearing about offensive players. Well, they've been playing seven on seven for three yeah. practices at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's but, there's not a whole lot you can take from that right now. Yeah. Yeah, anybody that has anything to do with like trench play and offensive line play and defensive yeah. line play, yeah, at this you, point, you, you can't even really tell. No, no, you you have no idea at that point. If if you're sitting there talking about how good the offensive and defensive linemen are looking right now, you've basically just made it up for whatever reason you decided to make it up for because you hadn't seen anything yet. But I, I, I think it's going to be a heck of a battle, though. You know, I, I, I think those are uh, two units that, that – you obviously need to be good in the SEC. You always start on both sides of the ball there in the lines. You want to control the line of scrimmage each way. So, uh, But we got some dudes down there that I think can make some plays. And, uh, you know, I think they're only going to get better when they do throw on full pads and start going against each other. And, uh, you know, I'm sure by the time it's all said and done, they're going to be ready to hit somebody else come the uh, start of the season. And I'm sure everybody realizes that I have a little bit of an obsessive personality. So whenever I find a little nugget or a little bit, I I, I don't let go. I'm like a pit bull, kind Mm -hmm. of. And one thing that I noticed, and this is something that I'm on right now, this so everybody can find out where, where Steve's small brain is at the moment. So March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There was a clip that was put out by Ole Miss football of Aiden Williams on Thursday night mm-hmm. during practice. He caught a touchdown yeah. pass, and everybody's talking about how special Aiden is and how special he could be. But that isn't what got my attention. The part of that video, whenever I watch those videos, I completely break down mentally every part of it. And all, what I saw was multiple things right. that none of which dealt with Aiden Williams. First of yeah. all, Jackson Dart avoid pressure and had to take his eyes off of the wide receiver while he was moving around in the pocket. He was mm-hmm. able to refix his line eyes on Aiden Williams and seeing that the defensive backs back of the helmet was to him and they couldn't see what was going on. And yeah. he was able to make that decision mm-hmm. quick enough to get the ball where he could get his feet in bounds. I think mm-hmm. this was a major play that we will look at in the future of the development of Jackson Dart and say, this is the point where I knew he was going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I fully expect Jackson to be the starting quarterback, uh, 
kind of, kind of like you said, though, it was such an incredible throw, you know, be, being able to move, take your eyes off the target and all that and get around, then refix your eyes and, and make such a good throw, too. Because if you look at it, it was, uh, you know, there were two or three defensive backs there, too, right? You know, so so it's not like he was just running wide open. So we had the defenders there. But kind of like you said, you see the back of the helmet, they don't know what's coming, and he puts it over them perfectly, and Nathan goes up and gets it, and, and, and Jackson dropped it in there perfectly for him. So, yeah, I, I expect big things out of Jackson Dart. I, I thought he had a good year last year. You know, I've seen some people say that they didn't think he he had played particularly well, but I mean, I especially at the end of the year, I thought he was incredible, uh, and and I expect him to only get better from here. And I expect a really big year out of Jackson Dart. All right, and this afternoon, Dylan Hip is set to name his commitment. Mm-hmm. Any any thoughts? Any predictions? Man, you know, if if you're sitting there trying to predict recruiting, right, especially in this day and age, it's, uh, you know, really is a crapshoot. So really all you can do is sit back and, and hope for the best. And then if it does end up going your way, then you hope you get him on campus at that point because, you know, it's still never over until they're actually enrolled and on campus these days. And uh, then, you're, it, you know, even it's still really then, not even over. Even then it's not over, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, so it's <laughs> – it's completely different from from growing up uh, following recruiting the way that that I used to, uh, and and then I'm sure you're the same way, Stephen. You actually worked in it, so uh, you know how different it is, just like I do. Uh, you know, anybody that's followed it for the last 20 years, you know, if you, most of the time, if you got a commitment, you felt good about getting them, getting them to campus, and they're going to be there three or four years. And now, if you get a commitment, you're still sitting there sweating for them to actually enroll, get moved in get on the practice field and then wait for a few months to go by to make sure that they don't absolutely hate it and jump in the transfer portal and leave you that way too. So, uh, yeah, you know, you always be hopeful and, you know, you, you want those kind of guys, obviously, but uh, it's not over even after the commitment's made. So you just sit back and uh, I guess enjoy the ride if that's something you can enjoy. Yeah, I come from the era, and this is going to date me a little bit and everybody's going to listen to this and go, oh, my goodness, Steve is old. But I can remember, and I can remember when it was the standard thing to recruit a kid, automatically redshirt him as a freshman and hoping that Uh he would be a fifth-year senior. And Mm -hmm. and maybe by the time he's a junior and a senior, he plays. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, that – I mean, you go back to even Eli, you know, Eli even Richard, his first year here, right? And, uh, you know, he's might be the greatest quarterback to ever play here, uh, which we had a pretty good quarterback coming back at that point anyway with Romero. He was he was obviously very good. Uh, I, I remember going down to Shannon and watching him and Neil Armstrong both play. Uh, my dad would take me down there. So, like I said, we followed recruiting really close then, and uh, he was like, man, you, you want to go see Romero and Jamie play tonight? Said, yeah, I do. And then, you know, I get up there and I see them live, and the way they're able to move around how athletic they were and uh thought oh my god you know they're 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 gonna win two maybe three national championships when we finally get them to oxford you know they're they're so incredible but uh so so romero was no slouch himself that's probably one thing that did allow us to redshirt eli but but yes yeah, it's, it's a completely different era right now uh you know now if you redshirt a guy you got to worry about him being unhappy for sitting for an entire year and, and hopping in the transfer portal. So it's obviously a lot different. It's a lot to manage. Uh, I certainly don't envy these uh, coaches and staff members having to having to juggle all of that right now. Yeah, one thing's interesting. Like, I think it was Amory and Shannon, like for like yeah. a five-year stretch. Both of those oh, schools yeah. were legit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was, it was a big rivalry. You know, you had Joe Gunn over at Amory too, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you know, you 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 have all these these three big players for Ole Miss and this huge high school rivalry. That's actually the game we went to with Shannon and Amory there in Shannon when uh, you had Romero and Jamie and then Joe Gunn over on the sideline playing for Amory too. So, <clears throat> definitely a lot of star power out there. Uh, that back then those were the games to go to, though. You know, we're you know we we live a good 30, 35 minutes from from Shannon or Amory. And uh, still, even back then, those those teams were so good that, you know, you, you still piled up and were going to go watch them play because they were the upper echelon of the, of the high school teams in North Mississippi. It was always a battle. So those were always fun to see. Yeah. And it's kind of funny how it's all changed because I went to mm-hmm. one of the schools in South Mississippi that – yeah consistently was um up there i think we lost three games three or four games in my high school career and only mm-hmm. one of them was in the regular season i mean that that's oh, what wow. mcgee was whenever i was there yeah i was there my sophomore year with chris mangum he was actually yeah, on yeah, my team. yeah that's yeah. where chris mangum went right yeah so yeah. That, that makes sense yeah and, and and yeah he whenever um we played mendenhall we do um essentially hazing they they wouldn't allow that to happen now but yeah. <laughs> basically all all the new players would they they would shave their heads oh man see that yeah. that'd be and, a deal breaker for me yeah and um so i i i just kind of looked like a cancer patient for about <laughs> two months after that but chris mangum is the guy who shaved my head oh nice yeah so yeah. so you you've got that in your back pocket at least yeah but it's funny with um you got big john who ended up playing for the patriots and then you got little john mm-hmm who went to Alabama and the bears and all that. And then Chris obviously is an Ole Miss yeah. All-American. And then there was Jake Mangum um, who ended yeah. up playing baseball in Starkville. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, so so that Jake family, Mangum. that family, he, he was yeah. only there for about 15 years in Starkville though. Short, yeah. short stay for him. That, that, that Every time I looked that, up, he was running back out there. Their, their SEC impact. Uh, yeah, that family that has had an SEC spread, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, and then Chris played with uh, Wesley Walls in Carolina in the pros. They were yeah. that was their two tight end set. Chris's mom used to cut my hair. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, she, she, I don't she know looked, a lot. She of, looked like uh, four houses down. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know a lot of hairstylists, as I'm sure you mm-hmm. can see. This there's not a lot of scissors or razors to get close to this hair. Yeah, uh, yeah I understand that. Now, mine, I have curly hair if I'm not careful. And it mm-hmm. grows out. My hair grows up, not out. Yeah. Um, so if I'm not careful, I'll look like Kramer. Yeah, yeah. See, if I don't if if I end up cutting mine, mine will be really curly. That's how it is. Once once it gets up above the ears, it's just a bunch of curls everywhere from one side yeah. to another. Yeah, so I gotta it, let it grow out so it'll stretch it down, get some yeah, weight it, on it, you know. It, it it's not fun because I've got those real tight curls. Uh yeah, I have yeah. to keep my hair cut very, very short. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you, you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes. Well, not iTunes. Well, maybe there. I mean, including YouTube. Um, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you very much, Derek, for joining the show today. And um, we'll continue to – football's here, man. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, super excited for football, obviously. Uh, I'm going to end up recording this weekend again with my buddy Anthony Hitchcock. Uh, I think we're going to touch on a little bit of football, too. So, y'all make sure to get to the SEC after dark, tune into that. And uh, I'm sure I'll be back with Steven next week and find something else to flap my gums about. 
Yeah, I definitely appreciate you doing that. So it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, thanks, Derek. All right, buddy. Hi, Toddy. Hotty toddy.